1: NY or text hope NY in New York.
2: What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the latest Gators Online podcast coming to you live from Spurs Gridiron Grill. Nick Del Torre joined to my right, and uh, Zach Alberti here to discuss a bye week that Florida cannot lose. Nicholas,
3: well, hopefully not. And no, hopefully not.
2: Although they did lose a player. Mm um and we got to uh see this basketball team take center stage at SEC media days some uh things went down at the UF baseball practice that we'll get into so we're going to kind of hit the big 3 sports uh on today's episode although uh mouse would argue that it's a big 4 and they're number one uh got to acknowledge that
3: best best coach on campus um they were down in the field against LSU um it's crazy to think. So there's like four championships, team championships in uh track and field and Florida to one three of the four last last year, with the women winning indoor and outdoor and the men winning outdoor.
2: You needed a football field to fit all the champions. That's that's true. <laughs> um so shout out to uh shout out to Mouse. Uh, but we'll get into some football, basketball, and baseball talk on today's show. And uh make sure that you keep listening because uh Nick will have some scoop. On uh, on the baseball front, but uh, got to open, of course, with the game last Saturday in the swamp. The Gators uh, take an L to the Tigers, and um, Nick, it was a uh, another defensive performance to be forgotten. Mm. And um, Jaden Daniels absolutely went off in the swamp, uh, torched the Gators uh, with his arm and with his legs. Uh, Florida did put up a fourth quarter rally. Uh, impressive uh touchdown run by Anthony Richardson his second 80-yarder of his career and his fifth score of 70 plus yards but um at the end of the day it was not enough Jervon Dexter rough the passer the Gators don't get a pick and uh one more drive from the Tigers that nets a field goal uh seals the game
3: yeah it uh you want to forget it you might need a lobotomy uh to be able to forget that that defense was showing so um, not a bad game from Anthony. Um, no turnovers. No turnovers. You got. Although he uh,
2: needed a a review. To-
3: yeah, yeah. No turnovers for the first time this season. Um, thought the offensive line played well. Justin Shorter catches another bomb to yep. start a game. Um. It, trying to get like the offense out of the way because there's a lot more to talk about defense you well get, you i mean get, in, you get in the touchdowns journey- from the from louisiana boys uh That's from right. montreal and trevor etn you get touchdowns from them um no cyrus torrance in the game and, yeah. and it doesn't really matter um
2: they still run the ball over 200 yards yeah
3: richie leonard looked looked good filling in for him um, one of the
2: players of the week from the staff
3: Jeremy Croshaw, one of the players of the week. <laughs> he was one of mine on, on the fifth quarter. Let my guy kick the ball. Hey, he caused a turnover. He, he put a little spin on it. Put a little English on that ball. Uh, forced a turnover. I would I would say um,
2: game changer.
3: Ricky Pearsall looks good. Continues to look good. I'd, I I I almost argue that like Ricky has another year of eligibility. Like get Ricky back next year, and we can even talk about some of the, some next year stuff since it's a bye week, but. I mean, coming into the year. Oh, we can talk about
2: next year's class. We'll get into that because it's uh, next year's class about and, to be bolstered.
3: Yeah, um, but next year, I mean, before the season, you and I were sitting here thinking, like, yeah, it'd be cool if Anthony came back next year, but I don't see it. And now I'm like, ah, shoot, he might Anthony might be back. And then you start looking at some of the guys that come back. You know, uh, I caution fans though, because like Fleur's recruiting class got a couple huge commitments last week. There's another one coming. Yeah. Um, you know who and, else will and be fans back? Fans are like well, fans are like, man, this class is great. And I'm like, 65% of them won't play next year. Like, you can't look at a sure, recruiting sure. class and say, well, the team's gonna be great next year because this recruiting class is great. It's like you still have to remember they are they are yeah. freshmen.
2: And I mean, another guy that could be back next year to use that uh, COVID year, our boy Dante Sanders. They uh that's from what I hear, they would like Dante
3: Sanders to come back and yeah. use his COVID year. <laughs>
2: I can't imagine why he would pass it up. He seems all in. Um, they don't no matter what position, he's going out there and playing, and he's he's doing very well for them at Guy's gonna have a PhD by the time he gets out of Florida. <laughs> um, but look, they, they need somebody with a PhD on uh football to uh figure out Segway. this defense. And if you listen to uh Billy on the teleconference this week, he made it very clear that he think Patrick is that guy. To uh, figure out the defensive problems, and at this point, you know, find a way to deal with the personnel that you have because yeah. that is where Ford is at. Let's just be, let's just call it like it is. Certainly, they can do some things better from a schematic standpoint um, to uh, you know deal with their deficiencies, but they're going to be there, and, and and you know that's the reason why there's a coaching change. Well,
3: I mean, to, here's here's something. So it's a steel line from bill parcells is patrick tony and billy napier all the coaches right now are making dinner with groceries they didn't buy you the fans (laughs) the, the last coaching staff was fired because they were terrible recruiters so this coaching staff comes in and now you're mad at them for having to make dinner with the terrible groceries that you've you've called terrible for four years that you ran a coach out of here because they were terrible at recruiting. They weren't going to get better at recruiting. So if they were terrible at recruiting, well now then you've got this team to coach with. Mm-hmm. And, and I think maybe possibly the worst thing that happened to Billy Napier was beating Utah because the fans were excited. And then you beat Utah and it's like, well,
2: national championship it's gonna be
3: fun it's gonna be a fun 15-0 run and then and then it's just like hey like these are still the, this is still the same players that went five and seven i don't think florida's a or six and six seven. and seven i don't think florida's a six seven team um i think they'll win seven and f- seven seven games this year yeah which is what i said back in june when everyone told me i was negative and, and i was gonna be wrong i think this is a seven win team and then they
2: talked you into nine wins
3: I don't, I don't, you got to find where I said nine. I don't know where oh, I you ever said it on nine. This I said nine on this podcast.
2: You did. Oh, Jesus. You've been hiding that hoodie. Bro. I,
3: I said seven and five, seven and five. And I was like, I got talked into eight and four. Man. Actually,
2: you know, I don't know if you said nine on here or on the panel. Maybe on the
3: panel. I, I think I the nine. panel,
2: They. I think Bob got you going. God. <laughs> Hollywood. I was, I was seven, up Hollywood. I was seven
3: and five all the way up until like the week of the season. Um just but, stuck with your gut but you, you, there's there's you're not i'm not seeing like we we wrote stories we talked about <laughs> this creeper defense and and the the only thing creepy about the defense is third down so we're not seeing i don't think the full depth of you know patrick tony's defense and and you're limited by the guys that are playing and people will say well then why do you keep playing Trey Dean or Rashad Torrance where you keep playing these people listen they are
2: they are rotating those freshmen like I mean series where they literally pull the whole starters off the field except for like Ventrell and uh, Cox Mm -hmm. they're out there and they need to be out there more. Desmond
3: Watson played the most snaps he's ever played against LSU. He was up to 48 against LSU. So, like, he's getting playing time. Chris McClellan's playing time keeps going up.
2: Miguel he, Mitchell, he looks fantastic. Miguel
3: Mitchell's getting a lot of playing time. And this that's a kid who didn't play a defensive snap until his fourth game or mm-hmm. until his fifth game when he burned his red shirt. And then they put him in at safety. So, I think safety's a position. Everyone trading is, like, the big talking point, the big – uh, person that he's not the to. only one missing assignments. He's not though. the only one missing assignments, and, and I think you're changing the way you're calling defense because of the guys you have on the back end. Like you're not getting press man because if he gets beat press man, well, do, do we trust our safeties to be able to get sure. over? There's a lot of things that go into it, um,
2: and I think but, again to your point, there's there's some guys that have talent and may be very good in sp- in certain coverages. But aren't executing some of the stuff that Patrick wants to run mm-hmm. because he didn't buy those groceries like you, you said. You're making dinner with groceries somebody else I mean, bought. I mean, Jason Marshall yeah. is a fantastic press man, cornerback. Mm-hmm. Not but there's other man. things that he has to do in this in this scheme that he's struggled with.
3: Yeah, and, and and if it's him, you know, you got to show on on tape that you can play zone that you can play off. Um, so he's not. I don't think he's showing that. It's not that like he's having a bad year. I just don't think Jason Marshall looks like what we. Booked him as what we, mm-hmm. you know, publicized him as coming into the year, Respected. which was, you know, the next Vernon Hargraves, Quincy Wilson, Jalen Tabor, mm-hmm. uh, Chauncey. Like we booked him as like, the next Gator great, and we just haven't seen that from him.
2: Although, uh, obviously, I, I think when we look at this defense, certainly the struggle stem from the secondary. And that's the reason why. Partly. <laughs> The Gators are about to sign the best defensive back class in the nation. Mm. They already arguably have it. And then we found out this week that the nation's number one cornerback, five-star plus uh, corner, Cormani McLean, is going to announce his decision next week. Uh, Next Thursday, that is. Mm -hmm. And uh, Corey Bender will be live on the scene in Lakeland to hear this announcement. And right now all all is uh, trending toward Florida. And you add him to that secondary class. And, um, you know, if they've already been playing the Devin Moores and the yeah. Miguel Mitchells, you're going to see a lot of freshmen uh, get some PT next year because um, there's obviously upgrades that need to happen.
3: Yeah. I mean, this this class, and, and when you look at it, I think all of them are early enrollees. Um Probably look into how many online classes since COVID, and, but it seems like it seems like there's a lot of early enrollees going on um, this year. And I was looking at it uh, Tuesday with a buddy of mine, and I'm like, shoot, th- there might be 17 early enrollees. So like, mm-hmm. I, I then I started laughing. I'm like, man, people are gonna be mad. People are gonna be mad in February when Florida signs too. And I'm like, hey, they've got they've got an entire team already on campus. Yeah. So I think Florida's gonna have a lot of youth infused into the roster for spring. Um, and, and, and it might be portal season for some guys because there's a, this is a really talented freshman class that's coming in. Um, who's coming in early to take spots.
2: And, and and obviously they, they see the product on the field and that's obviously for a big recruiting weekend, like Florida had against LSU. Um, that's part of the, the pitch. Is- that's
3: the thing too, is that fans are like, Oh, you 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 laid an egg against this team. Like the a 17, 18 year eighteen-year-old recruit doesn't care about wins and losses unless you're winning a national championship, which Florida hasn't done since 2008. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they lost Saturday. They want to see the environment. They want to see how their position's being used. They want to know what their coach is like. Is there
2: an opportunity <laughs> at their position? Like if they show and up, how quickly can I get on the field? Yeah, they show up. The staff's great. The recruiting staff's great. <laughs> The you know the way that they accommodate me, and my family is great. I show up in the swamp. All the fans know who I am. They write my name on the fraternities. Uh, you know the game is sold out. They do the Tom Petty tribute. Uh, there's big plays in the swamp. Fans going nuts. And oh by the way, the team lost because the position that I play didn't didn't do its job. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you think those guys take that? Sitting yeah, in the stands? recruits aren't fans yet. They don't care
3: <clears throat> if your team lost. <laughs> They care about all the things Zach just said, and and hey, look, I play safety or I play corner, and I see a bunch of busted coverages there, and then I go and meet PT after the game. PT's like, man, I need you man We, we could have used you out there last night. Yeah, and you're like, damn right, coach, you could <laughs> use me
2: out there. Yeah, so that's that's obviously um, you know something to to kind of look forward to the future, and and obviously that's what's going to have to change is uh, is the personnel. I think that there's going to be changes. Uh, continuously through the season as we see this rotation evolve. And um, this staff is not afraid to play freshmen. They've shown it on offense. They've shown it on defense. And I I think that um, if things uh, don't shape up, that youth move- movement is going to happen uh, sooner rather than later. So, uh, But I will say one of the positives from last weekend was that recruiting turnout. I think for Utah – I was told that Florida had around 120 uh, turnout in terms of unofficial visitors, and those were all unofficial visitors. For this past weekend, the Gators had five OVs, and they had upwards of 170 total visitors. So a lot of recruits showed up to see this game, some big names in 2024, some big names in 2025. And because this is the bye week, Florida gets to use this time to go out on the road, especially this, this Friday, and see a lot of their top targets for this cycle but also for the classes to come. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they've, I, I think, positioned themselves to, to really close strong here in the 2023 cycle and are starting to make some headway, obviously, for 24. And then you have big, week, big weekends like they just had. Um, that kind of sets you up for success.
3: Your boy is two for two on RPM picks. Mm. two for two um and, I, th- and th- I haven't made one yet and i've got a third out there we could be three for three zach so i hit on devin moore last year
2: okay Good call. um flip
3: i hit on devin moore with the flip last year um i hit on shoot who's my second one it was one of the two that committed last week i don't know if it was thornton or if it was who's the other one DeJean. I hit, on, I hit on Thornton, didn't put Dijon in. I think everyone knew Dijon. So I think that was, that was my mindset was, we've known Dijon. I, hadn't, I didn't put a pick in back when I should have. So I left it out. So I had Thornton. Um, I knew I knew Bryce. I had Thornton. Uh, I had Devin Moore. And I just put in a pick last week, right after Corey did, for Cormani McLean.
2: Just riding those coattails. To
3: come to Florida. I had talked to Corey, and I was going to put it in the day before. But I was like, ah, I'm not, I'm not the recruiting guy. I shouldn't put it in before. Um Nick's got some sauces so, too, y'all. Sometimes I just like stirring up the pot. Um, so I decided not to. And then I saw Chad and Corey changed it, and I was like, dang, should have done mine yesterday.
2: Third well, it in. When when Corey put his uh put his prediction his out there, uh, I hit him with the GIF, GIF, however you pronounce it. Um it's happening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's that's where this this uh, class is at. That has been the target that Florida fans have had circled. Um, I, got right...
3: an R- I got an RPM pick for twenty twenty four coming soon.
2: Mm, at that same position, perhaps? No, different
3: position. Oh. Different position. Offensive because position. because there's another
2: five star cornerback for the two thousand twenty four class that Patrick Tony and Corey Raymond are very very. Uh, highly after, and um, he was in the swamp on Saturday at one Desmond Ricks and mm-hmm. was also part of that uh witness to what we saw in the swamp. So, I
3: got a 2024 quarterback that might be in a, an RPM from me. Mm.
2: Well, we will have to see. All I can say is. Go DJ, yeah, that's my DJ. They probably like that song, Nick. Mm hmm. <laughs> they like they that love that song. song. Um, all right, we're gonna jump to this break. We'll come back on the other side and sing a different song. Some Florida hoops talk here on the Gators Online podcast. We've had a lot of practices that we've got to take in for preseason camp. Talk to the players, talk to the coaches, and now the team at SEC Media Days this mm-hmm. week. So we'll kind of give you our preview of this 2022-2023 uh, sc- squad and what to expect from them right after this break.
3: Coming game against Vandy. You don't have to call or email. Just go to Spurriers.com, hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a time. It's so simple I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight.
2: Welcome back into the Gators online podcast, Zach and Nick here. And now we're going to talk some Florida hoops as the basketball season is right around the corner for the men's and women's uh, who had their media day uh, this week in Birmingham, Alabama. And we also found out today on Thursday, it was announced that the Gators are going to have a orange and blue scrimmage in the O-Dome 7 p.m. on November 1st. It's free for all fans. And it's your opportunity to get your first look at this 2022-2023 team. A lot of new faces, uh, including on the roster and obviously at the coaching staff. Um, and it was funny, Nick. Um, Mike White was doing his like set on SEC Network on Wednesday during media day. And he's up there like on the SEC Network set talking to their analyst and Dari Noka. And in the background is Todd Golden at the podium <laughs> addressing the media, and they like mentioned it to Mike about the irony there. Um, so that'll be an interesting matchup when uh, Mike uh, faces his former team. That'll be one of a couple interesting matchups as we get Keontae Johnson facing his uh, former team as well this season when the Gators travel to Kansas State. So you also got the Gators opening SEC play at Auburn. And uh, Todd Golden going up against his former coach, uh, Bruce Pearl, who he also worked with at Auburn. So a lot of interesting storylines to follow with this team, and that's not even getting into the personnel. But, Nick, forever, it felt like forever, Florida fans wanted a change for their Florida men's basketball program, and now it's here.
3: Oh, oh, (laughs) a lot of excitement. Um, I mean, first off, Mike White, had a nice healthy buyout. Um so him leaving and Georgia having to pay
2: yeah
3: uh Florida for Mike White to leave. Um he's got Scott Strickland has, has paid a lot of money in buyouts, paid a lot of money for new baseball stadium, uh new standalone. Uh you get that call from Georgia that's like, hey, we'd like Mike White. And he's like, yeah, I'd like that check. Thank you. Yes. That check that money's already been allocated. So if you can send that post haste, thank you. Um getting Todd Golden in, there's a a, a new level of excitement. And it was interesting to see, I don't know how many times Florida's had a new men's basketball coach and a new
2: yeah.
3: uh, football coach in the same year, but there's a lot of excitement for Todd Golden. Um, they did a lot of work in the portal, yeah. um, a lot of work recruiting. This is a whole brand new team. Like it There's is. a couple of familiar faces hanging around, you know, like a Jatobo, a yeah. Kwasi, um, Colin Castleton, but A lot of new names to know. Um, Should be a whole brand new team and it'll be interesting to see. Now, I do caution some fans. Billy Napier has done some stuff that's like analytics and people didn't like timeouts and stuff like this. There's gonna be a lot of analytical decisions made on the hardwood this year. Where you go, huh? There's gonna be some timeouts that are taken. There's gonna be some. Why are they fouling there? There's gonna be some fouling, like getting, like purposely getting into the bonus in the first half. Um,
2: playing some possession games and some analytics, so gaming the system. As someone tried to uh, say to Ty, with, to which he fired back, "No, I'm just good at eliminating losing stats." <laughs> um, and obviously, their analytical approach is kind of new age. It's uh, you know, it's kind of different than what you see across the sport. And it's, I think, helped these guys, uh, the the current players and obviously the ones that have joined the program, kind of really see. The ways that this can help their game and really kind of take a look at where their deficiencies are and what they actually need to be working on and why they need to be working on it um and you know we've had the pleasure of being able to see this team practice throughout preseason camp because golden opened it up to the media every single practice the entire practice you know in talking to denver parlor the sid who's been at uf 14 years was with billy donovan was with mike white says that practice has never ever been open to the media like that so Todd's uh different approach Mm -hmm. not and nothing to hide um and I think more than anything he I think sees the benefit of us being able to watch the team watch them practice see the staff work with the players and what they're trying to get them to do because that background is just um incredible we get a not even a taste. No, of it yeah, in football. yeah, no, no, uh, no,
3: no, no. Uh, football, it's it's state secrets, and you can't have anyone out there. Um,
2: I think, and it's know. not like that with every SEC program in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, was it Tennessee? You could watch every single practice. Mm-hmm. It Hasn't really stopped them from having a great season. <laughs> they're having
3: that they're having an okay season yeah, they're right. uh they're doing all right uh, can't believe the media hasn't leaked every secret uh while they watch the practice but mike white did that for us early um it was his first year and he had, he had us come in and we watched film and we did all this and, yeah. and his thought process was you're going to cover our team better if you understand what we're trying to do in yeah. recruiting what we're trying to do in offensive defense so i think that as biased members of the media. Who would enjoy that kind of access i do think it, it will provide you better coverage um if you not it's not it's not only like oh they've sucked up to the media and now the media is gonna you know lie for them it's like no i understand the why the decisions they make. the decisions they're making and it's not like hey i, I can't tell you why patrick tony is playing guys eight yards off the ball other than well maybe it's because he doesn't trust this or that because we're not privy to those Please. Meetings, yeah. pro, to those plays we haven't seen them but, we Busk. haven't been in the, we haven't been in the film room, whereas um, the basketball coaches, the last two basketball coaches, and Mike quickly closed that off. We'll yeah. see how long it lasts for Todd, but um, allowing the media and into into, meet, into meetings and into practices <laughs> to let us learn and see. Okay, well now when a fan gets mad about this, I've seen it in practice 12 times and Hey, listen, they just didn't run it the right way. Sure. Or it didn't happen this way or the team defended it really well.
2: Yeah. And also I think the, the interactions we've had with the players and the coaches just knowing or having things to ask them that we've witnessed that it just makes for a better interview. Mm-hmm. Like Alex Fudge comes out to talk to us his first time ever meeting with the UF media. And, you know, he's probably a little nervous, you know, he's, he's kind of a soft spoken kid and, and, First question he gets asked, how was that dunk on C.J. Felder that we all saw in practice? And it was probably like one of the biggest plays of preseason camp. And, you know, he gets his big smile on his face. He gets to talk about this highlight play. And right out of the gate, that opens him up. So um, that's that's been kind of fun to watch and also experience. So run through these uh, positions one through five real quick um, before we get into uh, baseball in the final segment. Obviously, starting with the point guard position, Tyree Appleby is on his way out. And uh, now you have Kyle Lofton as a grad transfer coming Go in. Go Yep. As well as uh, Trey Bonham. And, you know, you also have Denzel Aberdeen, the, the true freshman that's been running point as well for the Gators. But Kyle Lofton is going to change this offense, he's going to change this team. And he's going to change the way things operate, um, and, and the way that guys just get the ball. He is a true point guard. He's, you know, played probably more minutes or some of the most minutes out of anybody in college basketball in terms of starts and in terms of production. And you know, he he's he's really looking forward to this this system and this offense because he he feels like it's a lot more suited to his game. It's fast pace. It's up tempo. He's allowed to play freely. He's not confined within a system, uh, kind of like he was when he was playing for the Bonnies. So um, he has been out uh, in in some of camp, and you know that has uh, you know that's obviously you know, a setback. You would have liked to have him, but that has allowed Trey Bonham, who probably needed those extra reps uh, as the backup point, and also he's a combo guard for the Gators. But you know he's taken. I think Kyle was out, out for about two weeks and uh, Trey really stepped up, man. Like, you know, watching the practices that I got to see, he's the, he's the shortest guy on the court, but man, that dude is a playmaker. I mean, he, he makes, he makes plays, man. And like, I think that, you know, he's, he's, it took him a while coming from, um, you know, military school to get used to, The speed and the length and physicality, yeah, and how guys can close out and the passes that I could make at VMI, I can't make here at UF. And it it took him a little time, I think, to get used to it. And now he's he's totally caught up with the speed of the game, and he's making some plays in practice where you can see that the game is almost moving slow motion for him. Um, So he's been, I think, a pleasant surprise. Probably one of the best surprises of and developments of preseason camp. And the two of those guys, uh, you know, playing the guard position for Florida, I think is, is really going to be a huge upgrade from what they had in Tyree Appleby, who was uh hit or miss Nicholas really exciting plays, but you know, was not a true point guard in any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, <clears throat> like
3: I said earlier, just the hitting the transfer portal, um, and, and a whole new look team. I'm excited to see Kyle Lofton the way that you've talked about him. Um, some other guys have talked about him and, uh, to get a true point guard that you know pass first yeah um because you had you know the, the andrew nemhard you had um tyree appleby yeah. kind of have a little shooting to a little more offense to their game so uh it'll be interesting to see two true you know pass first point guards yeah. that, that you're running the offense through
2: and and the good thing about bonham and i and i didn't really i guess expect this coming in but you're totally going to see him as a combo guard uh, playing the two, two spot as well. Um, and I think that there's times where you could see Lofton and Bonham on the court mm-hmm. at the same time. So um, that's going to be exciting to see. You have Myron Jones coming back as well, um, another very experienced player for the Gators. And I think looking to, you know, have the year that he was hoping to have last season mm-hmm. that just never materialized. I think a lot of it, although he will not admit it, had to do with his injury Uh, which I believe kind of threw off his shot. Um, Never really allowed him to get in that rhythm and, and and shoot from three like he did at Penn state. And um, he's looked really good in, in preseason camp. I think uh, one of the assistant coaches said that uh, he and will Richard kind of tested out as their, their best three point shooters with all the analytics and, and stuff that they keep. So you know, that, that shot has been there for Myron. I think that he will, you know, probably be um in line to start at the two spot. But, you know, you also got Niles Lane who it's crazy. He looks like he's slimmed down, but he's actually put on weight. Um and he's and he's had a really good camp as well. And obviously everyone knows how tough of a defensive player that he's been. Um, but I, I think that he's he's really started to develop some of his offensive games. So um between those two and then Bonham kind of being that combo guard, the Gators are gonna have um a lot of new pieces there at their guard spots. Now, moving over to the three, whoo, man, you talk about some competition. Now, Reeves can play the two spot as well. Um, but I, I think really right now you got Kwasi Reeves, um, Riley Kugel and Will Richard that are competing as those wings and um let me tell you something, Nick. Riley Kugel is legit. Like he seems I, to be getting, I, I getting talked about. Yeah, I don't want to say one and done territory yet. But you know, for a guy that was not here in the summer, um, you know, and had to put in a lot of work, I think, to get to UF, he has come in and, and picked up things incredibly fast. He is um, you know, he is he's an NBA player, point blank, period. I mean, he's that talented. Um, you know, almost he's way like kind of farther along and and just where his game is at than like someone like Trey Mann who had to come in and take some time to develop. Um, so he's but he's a wing though, so like he's a guy that can make it happen from three. He's incredible with the way that he drives to the rim, and uh there is a reason why he was a top fifty recruit from on three, and uh. You know, between him, Kowasi Reeves, who's obviously been a stud for the Gators, and then Will Richard, who's been injured, uh, literally just came back and got cleared for full action this week. Uh, but he's one of those transfers that you talked about coming o- over from Belmont and um, really was a strong three-point shooter, especially early on in his freshman year. And as we heard from the staff, um and some of the players, they even think that Will Richard would beat out Myron Jones in a three-point shooting mm. contest. That's how good he is. So, so you're talking about a, you know, star freshman, a guy who's already proven it at the SEC level. in Kwasi Reeves, I mean, he went off at the end of last year. Um, and then uh, you you got a guy Will Richard who's probably your best three-point shooter on the team. That's some good options for your wing spot. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and you're seeing the wing uh, kind of just develop in the entire game of basketball, and you're having to get more athletic. So it's not just uh, you know the fours or even guys. You know, Colin Castleton came oh my back, gosh, and, yeah. and Colin Castleton wanted to start shooting threes. So you've got to be athletic. I think that's a big a big change for um, Todd Golden, who I'll be interested to see how he matches guys up, and then how once you get into the SEC play specifically, yeah. or maybe even early against FSU, once you get into the SEC play. Uh, the different combinations and rotations that they have. Absolutely,
2: that's what's going to be fascinating. Because, like I mentioned, they have you know Reeves, Bonham a lot of guys that can you know Kugel, a lot of guys that can play multiple spots. So that gives them some flexibility. Then you go to the four spot and a guy like Alex Fudge, who can guard all five positions. Uh, that's how talented this LSU transfer is. Now, he's um, you know, he's a guy that's really stood out. He's flashed at times but you've also seen some of that inconsistency and um, just a guy that he's talked about with us still working on like just that mentality of bringing it every day Um, and, you know, kind of being that consistent player. And that's something that the staff has preached to him. But, uh, you know, I came in thinking that for sure, CJ Felder was going to be your starting four Mm -hmm. and, you know, Fudge is absolutely giving him uh, a run for the money for that starting spot. You're going to see both of those guys, Felder and Fudge, but they definitely had probably one of the plays of preseason camp when uh, they met at the rim and it was kind of a, a, a wraparound dunk from Fudge and he just posterized um, Felder. And uh, But those two have a real, like, friendly relationship. They work out together. Uh, obviously, they're competing against each other. So um, that's who you're going to see, you know, primarily at the four spots. Obviously, you'll see sometimes where the Gators use uh, Jatobo in Castleton on the floor at the same time uh, when they want to go big. But you know haven't even gotten to Castleton much, but he is the headliner for this team. First team All-SEC preseason, uh, two-time All-SEC selection already. He's coming back now 100% healthy after basically playing with one arm, as he said uh, at the end of last season because of that uh, torn labrum that he had. There was no three-point shot whatsoever when you're dealing with that, and uh, that was never even something that he attempted. You're going to see Colin Castleton shoot the three this year. Um, mm-hmm. That is absolutely going to be featured in, in this offense and in his game. Heck, we have even seen Jason Jatobo uh, let it fly from three, and he had back-to-back three-pointers in a practice a few days ago. So um, now that's not going to be – For an
3: analytical coach, uh, I think Todd <laughs> might look down at the sheet and go – my guy, you get you get one a week. Yes. We play twice this week. You get one, one three point a week. That's it.
2: It's just um, – but but it is, you know, I I think I'm excited to see how Castleton's game evolves, what he can do to obviously um, improve his draft stock. But just more importantly, uh, now he's healthy. You know what I mean? He's going to be able to be at 100%. He's got a lot better pieces around him, more depth, and he's got a true point guard running this offense now. So um, – I mean, I, I'm excited for basketball season, Nick. I, I think that this team has a chance to definitely make some strides from where they were last year.
3: There's a, a lot of excitement. It's a new era, um, new players. It's a brand-new team. Um, it'll be a new O-Dome soon. Uh, they're getting some more renovations, and, and I'm, I'm happy to see that they're finally switching that camera.
2: Yes. Um,
3: you you got to have the rallies on TV. Uh, so there's a lot of new stuff going on, and, and I think there's a reason to be excited.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. They're unranked. <laughs> pick to finish uh seventh in the sec. So, uh, right they the got, yeah, Just right in the middle of the sec right in the middle. Well, I'm obviously talented league, but they got to prove it. And, uh, they'll get some opportunities early in the year with those matchups. So November 1st in the O dome, the first time that you guys can see this team, if you want to come to the orange and blue scrimmage, and then the Gators, uh, open their season, November 7th, uh, at exact tech arena against Stony Brook. So, uh, I will be in the building for both of those games as uh, basketball is my thing for Gators Online and baseball is Nick's thing. And after we come back from this break, our uh, baseball expert is going to uh, talk about what he's seen from fall ball out of the Gators and also uh, give you guys some news on uh, one of Florida's players right after this break.
3: Football is back. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy sports with our friends at PrizePicks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, Kentucky, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada you simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Download the prize picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign in using the code Gators to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100 back. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50. That's free money. Don't forget the Prize Picks app or PrizePicks.com and the code Gators
2: to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast, Zach and Nick here, and now we're going to wrap up this week's show with some Florida baseball talk as the team is uh, going through fall ball. We've mm-hmm. had scrimmages, we've got to see some of these freshmen for the first time, Nick, and um, early impressions of this uh, of this squad.
3: Um, yeah, I, I'm going to stick with my, um, Bart Simpson meme. I'm not going to, I'm not going to overhype. I get, I get accused of lying for the baseball team, um, every year, but, um, I thought this team was going to be really good and I'm pulling my, keep my roster, my fall ball roster up here. Um, I thought this team was, was going to be really good, um, heading into the year. And then you get your Friday night guy and Brandon Sproke back. Um, you, you get an influx of talent. Like there like guys like Jake Clemente. I didn't think we're going to be, he's a freshman pitcher who throws 95. Ooh. Um, guys, I didn't think we're going to make it to campus. Um, Florida only has one player that they lose to the draft from the recruiting class. Um, you bring in a Dale Thomas and a Hurston Waldrip. So you go from what I thought was going to be a really good weekend rotation with like Brandon Neely, Pierce Capala and Jack Caglione. Um, Then you get your Friday night guy back and um, a guy who could be a Friday night guy in in Waldrip. So now it's just like, okay, well, Jack Caglione comes in uh, off of Tommy John surgery, throwing 99 miles an hour. Maybe you put him hitting fourth and then he's your closer. So floyd has got a lot of options. And I think uh, when you start looking at the pitching, you've got guys uh, Friday night will be Sproat, Saturday will be Waldrip, and then Sunday, it's either Caglione, Neely, or Capala. Mm-hmm. The other guys, you know, these poor teams on a Tuesday, who are just showing up. And normally, you get a freshman. Now you're going to get a six foot eight redshirt freshman, Pierce Capala, who throws ninety seven, or a Brandon Neely, who's who was so good for Florida down the stretch last year, um, or a Jack Caglione, who who might need innings. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you're playing FAMU, and you got a guy throw, who's throwing who's 6'4", four throwing ninety seven miles an hour. Um, so Florida's pitching staff is going to be deep. And then obviously you get guys back. You have the Phil Babner, Anthony Ercitti, um, Carson Finvold, the people's ace uh, <laughs> from the end of last year. Uh, he, he's coming back. Um, there's just a ton of, a ton of talent. Um, Eric Blair is a left-handed pitcher um, who can throw for Florida as well. Um, and then Fisher Jamison. And if you're a baseball guy, you will wonder how, how he throws from such a high angle. Um, but there's a lot of guys back. I and mean, then I think when you look at who's handling them, getting BT Rypel back is big for this pitching, uh, pitching staff. Um, he's like having another coach on yeah. the field, just a, a mini Kevin O'Sullivan um, who, who can be back there. He's not catch; he's catching a bunch, but um, I think you want to get, um, you know, Luke Hyman, Heyman, who is a um, freshman. He's a guy who I didn't think was going to get to campus and he can really swing it. So between him um Salvador, um Salvi, you're gonna have three catchers and first base and try to kind of figure out and rotate those guys. Um, but there's uh there's a lot of a lot of talent behind the plate as well. And I think if Hyman hits, he's the guy that you probably put behind the plate or mix with BT sure. at first base and, and catch. Um but a lot of talent there for Florida.
2: Yeah, and I I realized that when I decided this week to take my uh UF sports reporting class that I teach to the scrimmage on Tuesday. And we show up with my class, take the stands, and uh, we could not sit in the middle behind home plate. No. Because there was probably 30 scouts in the building. And um, I did not know Brandon Sproat was going to be pitching that day, but once I got there, I quickly realized that that's why. Uh, and, I mean, there's scouts there for every practice, but there was – an extra number of scouts there. uh, to For Sprout and for Waldrip too. So, and and obviously, you know, they put on a show. um, Where where do you think he can play himself into this year in terms of the type of pick he can be?
3: Well, he came back because he wanted to be a first-round pick. Um, He thinks that he is that. Um, The big thing for him is going to be his off-speed. And for Brandon Sprout, he... So last year, uh, this will be a little baseball nerd for, for anyone. Last year, he changed – they changed his arm slot. They dropped him down, not like to a side arm, but he dropped probably from, you know, uh, a 1 o'clock, uh, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, down into a 2 o'clock. So he's coming down a little bit lower. And then they changed his wrist position because Brandon Sprout probably threw what I joked as the most hittable 99-mile-an-hour fastball I've ever seen because he would just – it was just a, kind of like a flat – 99 and at this level in the SEC, guys will eventually time you up and, and start hitting you if you're not locating your other thing. So mm-hmm. his change-up, his curveball, his, his, his slider, when those aren't hitting, he was just throwing this flat 99-mile-an-hour, and they would just sit on fastball because he wasn't throwing his off-speed for, for strikes. So he has to be able to locate three. Really, we'd like to see him locate four, but locate three pitches consistently. Um, but that change with his wrist... Uh, his wrist angle and his arm angle kind of gave his ball a little dip and in, in what we call a heavy fastball. Um, so that's a change that I think scouts like to see. Now they like to see it through the course of the full season. Sure. So if he goes out and, and has a, a 10 and 2 season, um, you know, a sub 2 ERA or an ERA right around 2, then I think that's a guy that, you know, could sneak into the first round. But also now you're going to be 22 years old um you're not any younger than than some of these other guys who are being drafted so i think he's a top three round pick I, I don't know if he work he could work his way in but i don't know if he's a first round pick right now
2: <laughs> well and and obviously the uh the scrimmage that i went to on, on tuesday you know for some of my students as their first time ever being at a baseball practice and if they're not baseball fans or haven't covered the sport i mean it can be kind of boring yeah and you know Yeah, You know, we've gone to obviously you have volleyball matches. We go to different games throughout the semester. But I also take them to some of the not as eventful things because not everything that you do as a sports reporter is going to be fun. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have to come and tough it out at a three hour baseball practice where there's not a lot going on. But you learn the importance of why you show up at these things, uh, not just to cover and learn about the team. But unfortunately, (laughs) things happen. Sometimes at these practices, and uh, you never know when it could be. And, you you know, you never know what's going to take place. But at the end of Tuesday's practice, uh, with the blue squad up 12-1 to 1 in the final inning, um, unfortunately, there was an injury that took place as um, one of the players took a ball to the face. And um, I think at that point, I only had a few students that had... Um, Stuck it out to the end of the mm-hmm. scrimmage because it went a little bit after our class was supposed to end. But those students that stayed um, got to, got to see why you come to these things. Yeah, um,
3: and, and Florida scrimmages
2: every. And I immediately called Nick and said, "Nick, find out what just happened."
3: <laughs> At Florida, Florida, Florida um, scrimmages every practice, and um, one of the freshman arms that I mentioned, Jay Clemente, uh, lost a fastball and it hit Derek Fabian uh, in the face. Um so it it's uh it, that's it baseball, a
2: scary scene man That's
3: baseball it sounds it sounds bad oh, Uh scary. when when you get a, an injury when you get hit like in the back or something like you know what that sound is but when you get hits to the face or the hands the nose um the nose that that stuff um you know sounds different and it sounds gross and scary when you're when you're there for it and so, when you get the
2: towel <laughs> up on the face and yeah. trying to stop bleeding and Thankfully, I did not pass out.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, So Derek Fabian was hit. Uh, He's got multiple face fractures, a broken nose, broken cheekbone, and orbital bone. Um, That's going to keep him out for uh, at least six weeks. Doesn't won't keep him out for the the start of 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 the season in February. Um, But it's a scary it's a scary thought. Yeah, man. um, And then you know, as a baseball player who's been hit in the face, the next time you go to face live pitching. You can't have that in your head because you can't hit scared. You can't be scared of the baseball. Um, but you're going to remember how that felt, what yeah. that felt like, what going through surgery um, to get that stuff you know, fixed and, and things like that, what that felt like. So uh, Derek was a great player, is a, is a great player, and was in line to start. But Florida gets Kobe Halter back, gets Josh Rivera back, gets a transfer in Dale Thomas. Um there's a lot of infielders. There's a lot of depth there um, at the position. So not to say that he won't be missed, because obviously you're praying for a guy that gets hit in the face with a 95 mile an hour fastball. Um, Get back, man. But Florida's got, uh, but Florida's got a lot of depth there at, at those positions. And um, and uh, but yeah, we certainly keeping Derek in in our no thoughts uh, as uh, Shans takes care of him.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Definitely um, a scary scene. Was um, good to see him able to walk walk off and um you know right after he got hit I, I misspoke actually the the score was not um was not 12-1 yet I want to say it was maybe 9-1 because right after he walked off his team hit back-to-back homers mm-hmm. uh, one of them a two-run shot Rene and, yeah and um Eric Blair was the other one that 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 got the homer so um they they responded to that scary situation but um definitely Wishing Derek the best as he recovers from that injury. And uh, Florida's going to keep it rolling. They scrimmaged, I think, six times this week. Um, so very busy time for them. Make sure you guys are keeping up with Nick. Uh, when he's out there, he'll be tweeting out updates and um, you know having a thread going on our message board. So anytime there's practice as well for basketball, we're there providing you guys with the thread. So make sure that you are subscribed to Gators Online. If you haven't, take advantage of the flash deal. You can get the whole year for just $10 and going to be quite the recruiting week next week with Cormani McLean's decision. So you'll want to uh, follow all the Intel and uh, updates coming from Corey Bender uh, ahead of that announcement. So we will be back next week in Spurrier's Gridiron Grill to preview the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Florida, Georgia, back at it in Jacksonville. Spooky. Yeah, it's uh, Halloween week, my friends. Trick or treat! Uh, you gonna get...
3: pick Florida next week?
2: I'm not gonna pick Florida next week. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what the Gators have for the nation's number one team. What type of adjust- adjustments they've worked on throughout the bye week, and um, we'll find out next Saturday uh, where the season goes from here. So it was fun to. Talk some uh, basketball, talk some baseball as those uh, teams are gearing up for their upcoming seasons, and uh, we'll be right around the corner bringing you guys some action from the O-Dome. For Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Albaverde. So long.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament.